Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing Chapter 2, Sankhya Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge. This is the opening chapter of Bhagavad Gita when it comes to the wisdom of Bhagavad Gita. And we have learned the nature of the self, how to act in this world, and what are the characteristics of a wise person. So we are coming to the conclusion of this chapter. So far we have learned that the self which I have considered in my life as mortal, that I consider myself mortal, who has a time of birth and time of death. Bhagavan dispels that myth and tells us that the self is imperishable. It is no birth and no death. Na jayate mriyate va kadachit na ayam bhutva bhavita vana bhuyaha ajaha nityaha saswataha ayam puranaha na hanyate hanyamane sharire. This is the paradigm shift. It says that the self is not born nor does he ever die. After having been in existence, he again never ceases to be not in existence. He is unborn, eternal, changeless and ancient. He is not killed when the body is killed. At the time of death, the only thing that gets destroyed is the body, not the self. So that's the paradigm shift about what we thought, who we are, what is the nature of our self. And then Bhagavan said, this is the knowledge which I taught you about the self. But now also let me tell you about the yoga. I mean, how to live in this world? In verse 39, that esate abhihita sankhi buddhi yoge tvimamsharanam. What I have taught you so far is the wisdom concerning sakya. Buddhya yukto yayapartha karma bandham prahasyase. But now listen to the wisdom concerning yoga. Having known which, O Partha, you shall cast off the bonds of all actions. Actions are binding, as we know. We are bound by the cause and effect relationship. All our actions are binding. Once the action is performed, 
the result will come whether that is good or bad will depend on the medium of my action and the quality of my action so how can we liberate ourselves from this bondage of actions so we learnt in verse 47 that karmani eva adhikar hate ma phalesh kadachana your right in this world is to act never for the fruits of actions in other words you never have any control over what the results would be maaf karma phala hetu bahu mate sanghatu akarmani therefore never make the karma phala the result as the motivator for your action your action should be motivated by your sense of duty your sense of entitlement that i am empowered to act and it is my right to act and therefore i am acting as i find appropriate mate sanghatva karmani never get attached to inaction well what will come out of my action i do not know i do not see any hope and therefore i am not doing it but once that is not acceptable never get attached to inaction because inaction will lead to destruction only inaction will lead to sorrows only so this is the path of karma yoga acting in this world without any expectations for the particular type of results we should have complete faith the result will come and therefore we are putting all our efforts we're putting all our concentration into performing the actions not worrying about the results of the actions so we learned karma yoga in this chapter and how to act in this world so that we can liberate ourselves from the bondage of actions and then verse 55 onwards in response to arjuna's question bhagwan describes the nature and characteristics of a wise man who has mastered this art of acting in this world he is acting in a manner that his mind remains in equanimity all the time we are now coming to the end of that segment where we learned also the ladder of fall how a person who is not trained in this art of action can get attached to sense objects and then brings out his own fall so we have seen that the constant thinking of any object creates attachment that attachment creates desire to acquire that object to possess that object that desire when it is unfulfilled creates anger that anger creates the memory loss because we have discussed that memory is not available to us when we are angry that loss of memory will create destruction of intellect 
In other words, the discrimination of what is right and wrong is destroyed when we are angry because I have no access to my memory bank which tells me what is right and wrong based on my past experiences. So that simple act of constantly thinking about an object brings out a chain of reactions which leads to my destruction. So therefore, one must be very, very careful in working in this world. And the Bhagavan said, the one who has his intellect destroyed, how can he have any bhavana, any noble thoughts, noble ideas? And one who does not have any noble thoughts and ideas, how can he have any peace? And all we are seeking in this world is peace, peace of mind. Constantly we are complaining that I am working very hard but I am not having any peace of mind. I am doing all the good things but I am not getting the peace of mind. So ultimate goal is peace of mind. Peace of mind only comes when mind has no wants. If mind doesn't want anything, then only I will have a peace of mind. So Bhagavan said, the one who is attached to this world of objects, he does not have any chance of getting peace of mind. So the verse 67, which we'll be seeing, says, Indriyanam hi charatam yat mano anuvidhiyate tadasya harati pragnam vayuhu navam ivam ambasi Just as a boat which is sailing on water in river or in ocean and if the controller of the boat is not available you know like we hear a pilot in a plane he's flying the plane he's controlling the plane but he's in a heart attack and now he's not available now plane will be out of control it will be just flying without any any guidance and then get destroyed well same way the analogy used here of a boat which does not have a person to control that boat will be tossed around by the waves aimlessly and eventually will get destroyed so Bhagavan says for the mind which follows the wanderings of the senses that mind will carries away his discrimination the intellect one who is following the wanderings of senses to the sense objects then mind will take away the intellect if the intellect is not available because of the attachment to the sense objects and that mind will be tossed around just as the boat was tossed around without any navigation on water. And therefore, Bhagavan says, Tasmad Yashya Mahabaho Nigruhutani Sarvasaha Indriyani Indriyarthebhyaha Tasya Pragna Pratishtita. Therefore, O mighty armed, addressing to Arjuna as mighty armed, the great soldier, 
great warrior, great general, who has vanquished many enemies. Here the enemy is within your own mind, which is following the senses in the world of sense objects. You have to now vanquish that enemy. And therefore, I say, Mahabaho Nigruhatani Sarvasaha Indriyani Indriyarthe Bhya Tasya Pragna Pratishtita. His knowledge is steady, whose senses are completely restrained from sense objects, whose senses are not affected by the sense objects. You know, I have given this example before that when I was a smoker many, 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 many years ago, the attractions to all these wonderful packages of cigarettes were really enchanting. But now that I am a non-smoker, in fact, despise cigarettes, there may be all kinds of enchanting packages, but I will have no effect on my mind because I am not interested in cigarettes. So Bhagavan said, the one who is free from this attachment, he can move around in this world of sense objects freely. And such a person is considered to have his intellect steady. Not because I have gathered so much knowledge, not because I have read so many books that I can consider my intellect steady, because that's just information. When it comes to apply that in the world of actions, in the world of my being, then only I can test whether my intellect is steady or not. I can probably give a long lecture on why a person with diabetes should not eat sweets. What are the the benefits of restraining yourself from, from sweets? What are the great benefits of exercise? However, when it comes to refrain from eating sweets in a party, whether all kinds of enchanting sweets are there, that's where my test would be whether I can refrain from eating sweets when they are available, knowing that I should not be eating sweets. So Bhagwan here makes it very clear that your peace of mind and happiness is dependent on your discrimination about non-attachment to sense objects. Now, obviously, Swamiji clarifies that that does not mean that by practicing this, you stop perceiving things, stop enjoying life. It just tells us not to get attached. Don't let your senses take away your mind. Let the senses do what it is supposed to do, which is reporting you what's in your surrounding, eyes tell you what you see, ears tell you what you are hearing, but don't let your mind run after each object. Have discrimination, what is good for you and what is not good for you, 
what is of any value to you and what is of no value to you for the happiness and peace of your mind in the next verse which is my favorite verse and i'll tell you why it says ya nisha sarvabhutanam tasyam jagrati sanyami yasyam jagrati bhutani sa nisha pasyato mune hai that which is night to all beings in that the self controlled man the wise man sthita pragna he wakes where all beings are awake that is the night for the sage the sage who sees what is right and what is wrong what is real and what is unreal for him the world of objects is unreal it's unreal because it only exists in time and space for a while and then it is not there that which is real to you and i because we are so attached to the world of objects for a wise person that world is unreal nisha here is indicating darkness darkness of ignorance that which i am completely ignorant about the reality about myself the wise person is very much awake about it the wise person is very much aware of the nature of his self so ya nisa sarvabhutanam all beings are deluded by this trigunatmika maya about what the self is all about we see ourselves through this lens of body mind and intellect through our senses we perceive the world through our senses we also perceive ourselves through our senses therefore we consider this body is me this mind is me this intellect is me for a wise person that's not the reality yasyam jagrati bhutani in the world where we are awake sanisa pasyato mune hai for that mune the wise person that world is unreal that constantly changing world that we live in and we consider it real that soap bubble for that fraction of a second we see that as real it burst and become nothing this world is like that so the sanyami the wise person sees that all that is happening is constantly changing and that's not the reality of myself yasyam jagrati bhutani sanisa pasyato mune hai ya nisha sarvabhutanam 
tasyam jagrati sanyami but where we are completely unaware about ourselves the nature of our being the sanyami is very much aware we are completely unaware about ourselves but the muni is very much aware about himself that which is night for all beings when all people are sleeping are unaware of the world outside wise person wakes and is very aware of the reality yasyam jagrati bhutani sanisha pasyato mune hai when all beings are awake the wise person sees that as night darkness nothingness so there are two points of views are described here and as i told you earlier this is my favorite verse for a reason that i used it to amuse my friends when i was in architecture school for some reason we architecture students have bad habit of working at night we call it all nighters was how many all nighters we have all had been working since last four nights now we think we are working all night but the point is that we work at night and then do other things during daytime maybe go to sleep roam around go to some movies and then come back and around 8 or 9 o'clock we say now i need to start working on my drawings and then we'll go on till 2 o'clock 3 o'clock and other students they cannot understand why we do that my architecture department was part of faculty of technology so there are other engineering students and we were actually minority there are more engineering students than architecture so our friends will ask and say why do you guys do that why do you have to work at night and not doing daytime and i used to say well we are following the advice of bhagavad gita bhagavad gita says ya nisha sarva bhutana tasyam jagrati sanyami so we are sanyamis we work at night and you people who are not wise you sleep at that time yasyam jagrati bhutani when you people are away then we see that as night so that's why all our architecture students are munis in making and obviously that was a joke and i amused my friends by quoting bhagavad gita giving a direct reference to why we work at night but the reality is that bhagavad gita tells us that what we consider real the wise person sees that as unreal so we see this world through the medium which is imperfect 
our mind, body and intellect has limitations. They cannot see the world in its totality and therefore we see the world as imperfect. We constantly complain about there is no justice in this world, the world is not fair, why Bhagwan is creating all these disasters and the evil in this world, why can't he have a completely balanced good world where there is no sorrows and unhappiness. Because we are seeing this world through imperfect lenses, we are perceiving this world through our senses and the world of sense objects seems imperfect to us. But the Muni sees this world through his perfect awareness and therefore for him this imperfect world does not exist. He sees that as complete non-reality. So the two perspectives, one of a common man such as you and I was struggling to understand this world through our mind, body and intellect and find it imperfect. But the Muni is not concerned about this imperfect world. He sees the world perfect because he is awake in his fourth state of existence, which is beyond waking, dream and deep sleep. Upanishads calls it Turiya Avastha, the fourth state. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschid Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihiyo Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihiyo